Many people say that music is a universal language. If that's the case, I would like to use music as a platform to talk about health. My name is Dr. Moshe Lewis, and I'm a full-time practicing physician who loves music and the way it affects our brains, our bodies, and our well-being. We'll be discussing topics that affect all of us, from mental health to body image, cancer screening to stroke. Our health is truly our greatest asset. Hopefully, these discussions will improve the health of our community. Welcome to Music and Medicine. I'm your host, Dr. Moshe Lewis. I'm excited to be joined by two wonderful and lovely ladies. My co-host here, extraordinaire, Lee Bush. Hi there. there. Okay. And also uh, Janine White. Hi, everyone. Janine's a gospel extraordinary artist, and we are so delighted to be able to have her sit down and really sort of roll back the clock a little bit, talk about where you grew up, how you grew up, and really got exposed to music, and then developed your sound. Um, I'm just going to jump right in there. Just, okay. just tell us a, a little bit about the, the beginning, some of those early years. Sure. Well, um, I'm a PK, a pastor's kid, born and raised <laughs> in the church. Sure. I know that story is very familiar with most uh, you know, artists. Uh, I sang in the choirs uh, as young as six years old, all the way up until today, actually. I still minister at my church with the praise team. Mm-hmm. And, and um, yeah, just, uh, I don't know, but when I was six, Um, I joined the little kids choir and I guess the choir director saw something in me and he gave me a solo. It's a song called Dear Jesus I Love You by the Hawkins and uh, it was a song that Tremaine used to lead and so um, never sung before, you know, just don't even know why he gave me the the solo and um, I started to sing and then I I started to see the people's reaction and I was just like, whoa, like I I like this. And then even at a, a young age I could feel the power of God, you know, using me to really bless and minister to people. I was, I saw somebody crying and saw someone lifting their hands and I was like, wow, this is awesome. So right then and there, I knew that was something that I wanted to do. Um, I think it was in the beginning, it was just, you know, the attention of it all and the feeling of it all um, and not knowing that this was truly God's purpose for my life. So I just kept singing in choirs and uh, praise teams, oftentimes way too young to be a part, but they would let me come to rehearsals and at least, you know, sing along in rehearsal because they saw a gift in me, many choir directors and um, psalmists and leaders and artists. Uh, They would just let me come and hang out, you know, even if it was in the studio, let me hang out. And uh, I just began to develop from there. Yeah, that is a, an incredible story of your humble beginnings as, yeah. as an, a gospel singer. Mm-hmm. So many artists start yeah. out that way. Yes. And maybe it works, maybe it doesn't. Mm-hmm. It's certainly you're off to a great trajectory right now. And with your single, Praise Go Up, yeah. I just love. I was talking to Dr. Moshe about yeah. it earlier <laughs> because uh, Jericho and Praise mm-hmm. Go Up are such different Absolutely. songs. The dichotomy <laughs> I love. And I said, well, that's for almost for like a a mainstream market, but the praises go up. Yeah. Like that like is down-home-school <laughs> church, down-home church. And I was like stomping my feet and praising the Lord while I was getting dressed. And I was yes. like, yes. And I just listened to it so many times last night. It is so moving and so inspirational. And then the other one too. So how do you like figure out what you are going to Create. What sound, yeah. Did you write both songs? Uh, praises Go Up is uh, a compilation of... Um, songs that are called public domain. 
And so those are songs that we don't know who wrote them, okay. uh, but we've just been singing them in church since so, forever. Right, yes, right, forever. And so most of that, uh, you know, the um, I'm a soldier in the army of the Lord yeah. and um, uh, the, the very first song, um, There's a Storm Out on the Ocean, you know, all of those songs were written way before I was born. Mm -hmm. So we just kind of credit that to public domain. And then um, the Yes, I'll Praise Him, that's um, an artist who passed away years ago, Orlando Draper. Mm -hmm. He used to have a, a big old choir. You might remember him. They had a rat pack. So it was Donald Lawrence, Hezekiah Walker, uh, Mark Hubbard, and Orlando Draper. And okay. so uh, Orlando passed, but he's the one who created that song. And then the praises go up, that, that back portion. Um, I was going through a rough period in my life, and I used to come home after church and just watch YouTube, and there was a particular church, Cooper Temple in Florida, okay. and they were known for their band. And so everybody would rush home and see what they did for <laughs> Sunday night service on YouTube. Okay. And this one particular night, uh, the first lady was ministering, and she was just flown in the spirit, and she just started to sing, when the praises go up, the blessings come down. Mm -hmm. And it was a completely different tempo and a completely different sound, but it just began to minister to me where I was, and it brought healing. So that next uh, time I got a chance to do praise and worship, um, I wanted to add that little piece in. So I taught it to the musicians and um, it just kind of picked up and sped it up. The guy, uh, One of the guys came in and got on the organ that wasn't at rehearsal and it just sped up really fast. And, and I was just like, what, what is happening? What is that? This is not what we learned. But it was so anointed and so powerful that we just went with it and it turned into Praises go up. Yes, what the spirit was yes. leading all Absolutely. of you. And anytime, as soon as you said the organ came in, you know what I'm Oh, yes. And it makes it so beautiful and so soulful. Yeah, praise so God. So thank you praise so much God. for the inspiration that it, it just gave me in the short time that I've been listening to it. And, oh. and you just taught me so much about so many other gospel artists that I'm not familiar with. So yeah. thank you for that. Well, um, Hezekiah Walker, I mean, that one, I know. Yeah, I've got the other one of the staples as far as the choir music and uh, Tremaine, you know, yeah, just the Hawkins. Hawkins. Those are the some of the, the more um, right. sturdy heavyweights mm -hmm. in the gospel industry. Uh, they've definitely had an influence on me. And so uh, I wanted to pull um, from all different uh, levels and age groups. And, and uh, what's so crazy is uh, we had uh, Jason White who produced uh, the single. Uh, okay. And then he I uh, had a younger millennial uh, mm -hmm. producer, Jan Hunter Jr., come in, and they combined, they got together, and they made the single together, the music of the single together. So you have an old school sound in the beginning, but then it kind of vamps out into a, a millennial sound yes. with the bells and the whistles and all that stuff. So um, I think it reaches everybody. I think it touches everybody. So um, that's what we were going for. Sure. And I wanted to tease that out a little bit. For some artists, they write their own. For others, like you said, they may do a revival of, a, of, a, of an old song. Yeah. How do you sort of like to pick out, okay, this is going to be the song that I want to have on an album? Because I know, kicking back to what you said about Jericho, that definitely was going to be a very new, yeah. you really thought about it. It was yeah. a very spiritual journey mm -hmm. as you developed that song. Yeah. Well, uh, as far as praises go up, uh, most of this, this first album that's about to be released, um, are songs that I did for praise and worship that everyone was just asking for. They were like, where can we find it? Where can we get it? And where worship is concerned, I'm a little bit more open to, to God to 
use me to flow whatever he wants me to sing. It's not so much as a request, you know, can you do that song? I normally just am very prayerful and I ask God, you know, what do you want to hear? It's all about him, yes, you know. Um, but they began to ask for certain songs when they would ask me to come and lead worship. And so I told my husband, I said, hey, I think uh, maybe we need to start recording these songs. So that <laughs> people can just listen to them when they want to, you know, be blessed. And uh, Praises Go Up was one of those songs. Um, I initially, uh, because it was such a worshipful moment in the industry. Mm -hmm. You had Tasha Cobbs, you had, um, you know, uh, there's an, another artist, uh, what is it, Brian Ch Courtney. Okay, sure. uh, Wilson. Wilson, yes, yeah. and um, a, a lot of other, uh, sure. even churchy sure. people were going worship right. mode. Sure. Right, right. And so I sent it to Andre Russell at KJLH. He's a, a good, dear friend of mine, and uh, he has supported uh, our music over the years. We, me and my husband have written for many artists, and uh, he's always been right there to support us and play our music. So I, I was very prayerful, and I said, uh, okay, I'm gonna go with this worship song. Mm -hmm. And God kept telling me, no, that's not the song. It's the churchy one. Mm -hmm. And I was like, are you sure? Hey, right, you know, right. like, I'm every, listening to you, I'm but, listening but to you, but I know what the industry notes. is demanding right, right now. You know, yeah, I mean, sure. outside of it exactly. being a ministry, it's also right. business, sure, you know what right, I mean? Right, and right, I was right. like, I'm gonna check with you guys. Right, I was like, right, because you might not be sure, because I know you're God. But that's, so I questioned it to the point where I sent an unmet mastered version of the song to Andre. Mm -hmm. And I said, hey, you know, I'm, I'm getting ready to release my first single. It's finally my turn to, you know, do something for my album. And um, I just want you to take a listen to it. Tell me what you think. You know, I know that this is what's going on in the industry, but this is what God is saying. And he emailed me immediately. And he said, not only is it what we need right now, he said, I'm playing it on Sunday. Oh, and I was like, whoa, 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 wait, 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 it's not even mixed, it's, it's not, not even mastered, yeah, it's not yeah, anything, yeah, it's, not, yeah. it's not ready, don't get me in trouble, don't get me in trouble. <laughs> and he was like, well, whatever you need to do, you need to hurry up and do it because I'm playing it on Sunday. So I called my husband and I was like, oh my God, I'm sorry, I said, <laughs> <laughs> he wants to play it now. Exactly. And so he was like, oh, so he, you know, he was mastering the, the actual version at the time. So he sent another version to Andre and said, if you're going to play it, play the mastered right. version. And the rest is really history. Like it just blew up. And like when wildfire. was that? This was May of 2018. Right, number right. Yes, May sure. of 2018. We actually recorded the song in uh, 2016. Mm -hmm. And then I didn't send it to Andre until May of 2018. Wow. And it's still doing very well. Yes, and we're here in 2021. Yes, so God knows what he's doing. Right, right. It pays no pay. Even if he sometimes <laughs> needs you to double check on him sometimes. Yes, <laughs> just yes, in case. Yes, yes. I like yes. that little slogan. Sure. That's a nice little sound bite. She said it pays to obey. Yeah, it pays to obey. One other little that. footnote I wanted to tease out because sometimes we may presume the viewers know, but just tease out that mix and master mm -hmm. because what does that mean okay, in so the industry? Okay, so you can go into the studio and just record raw. You can get a microphone and just sing. Um, but when you're in the studio and you're just singing, a lot of times you have the musicians that have played their instruments, you have your vocals that you've recorded, and then you also have like the bells and whistles and you know, the little, uh, uh, 
uh, percussions right, that effects. they've recorded everything separately. So we've all done our part. Mixing is when you mix it all together. And then mastering is when you uh, create it to where it can be uh, put on the radio or uh, you create an ID for iTunes and all that. So it's mastered down, kind of like squashed down to a perfect sound and a perfect pitch and they label it as an ID. And then you, you know, all the songs on the album, so you have uh, maybe one through 10 songs. Those are all IDs. So you master all of the IDs together. And um, that's where pretty much the money is, the masters. Yeah, that's why you hear people fighting over masters all the time. I want my masters. Yes, that, that's why, because it, it is the crux of everything that you've worked on. A combination yes, of Yes, and it's been work. mixed and yes. that, and it's been, it's been perfected, basically, mm -hmm. to where now it's time to sell. And uh, yeah, a lot of times the, the the radio, uh, the record labels would keep the masters, you know, so you would have those raw mixes, you know, where, and then it, it's cleanup as well, you know, you can sing, but sometimes you need a little tune up here and a little tune up there, so, yeah, that's what mixing and mastering is. I heard you say, as a child, you mm -hmm. were, and correct me if I'm wrong, mm -hmm. you were leading the choir as a child, or doing well, some teaching in the I, I was, I was singing, um, when I was six years old, I just led a song, but I have, at 15, I did uh, direct a choir. Um, really? Yeah, I don't know why, you know, <laughs> I, we migrated to California when I was 13, and we joined a small church, um, Greater Beth, no, Bethany of Long Beach. Um, and uh, the pastor there, he saw something in me and they needed somebody to, to direct the choir. They had a musician, but they didn't have anyone to direct. Okay. And so um, actually I used to direct to tracks because uh, the musician, I don't know if he got married or he moved or something. So before he left, he recorded all of these songs just the music, and I had to learn the track, and I would direct the choir to the track. So uh, I just think God was just kind of preparing me all along, step by step, and uh, developing skills that I didn't know I had. Sure. <laughs> and right. putting you yeah. in that right place at the right time, because you yeah. said someone saw something in you, so yeah. that was the, the pastor or the musical yeah. director was Every leaving. church I went to, uh, I just would join the choir. I just love music, and I would get in the choir, and they would uh, say, Janine, you, we know you sing. You sing. Come try this song. And I would be very shy and just very withdrawn, but I would try it because, you know, I knew that this is what God wanted me to do. And I didn't really feel confident or like I was the greatest singer, but I just felt like God was going to bless it, you know. And uh, that's how it started. Now I'm a little bit more confident, and, you know, I'm, I'm writing, and I've, I've got a little, little something under my belt. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> more comfortable there, sure. right. uh, but yeah it was just a path that God put me on and uh, thank God for people very grateful to people who saw the gift and created a platform me for me to use it you know but like you said everybody obeying because they were where they were supposed to be to be able to identify your gift yeah. and help usher you mm -hmm. to be able to bless us all with your incredible music I, I was thank so inspired you. watching listening uh, watching both videos and listening to both oh. songs they're just great thank yeah. you and I wanted to tease out on a little note that you started on which was um, being a pastor's kid it is easy potentially to go down either type of pathway sort of a life of potential rebellion where it's like okay I'm not I've had mm -hmm. many artists tell me and, and people who ultimately went into the ministry, mm -hmm. I did not yeah. want to be in the church. It just, it, it called me ultimately, that's where I wound up, but I did everything 360. And those that somehow they're inculcated with that spirit, with a more reverential respect. How did that look for you, that journey? Um, how did that come about? 
I love church. I always love church. Me and my, I am the baby of four. I have an older brother, and then I have an older, two older sisters. My brother's the oldest, so he went down that journey. He, you know, he's in church now, but he went down that journey where he was just, church was just not for him. And we were uh, a family that was forced to go, you know. But me and my sisters, we loved church. We used to sing in the choirs and all of that stuff. And then uh, my middle sister, she loved God, but she didn't really love church. church. She was <laughs> just like, uh, I'm not really feeling <laughs> church so much as I am feeling my relationship with God. But uh, my oldest sister and I, we really just kind of jumped in and began to work in the ministry. And, you know, uh, my mom and dad were teachers and they would travel and train um, in the churches, um, you know, wherever they needed uh seminars and classes to build. And so I loved it. Um, then as I got older and I started getting interested in, in boys and going to high school, um, I was too afraid to leave the church. So I did my dirt in the church. Absolutely. I would try to, you know, and, and it didn't really work for me, but I tried. Like all you know, my friends and in school or whatever, they were like, let's go to the club. And I'd be like, Yes, let's go to the club. And I would go to the club and I'd just be like, this is so <laughs> what, what is happening here? Like, so I was the one that had the car. So I would be like, okay, if I take you guys to the club, then you guys got to go to church with me in the morning. So that's how that turned out. And uh, yeah, but it just wasn't, it just, I don't know. I think I've just already engrafted in. And, yeah. um, and that you were was, saving souls. Yeah. Doing missionary work. missionary work. Because I literally, I was going and I was really excited. We would get all cute. And I'm yes, thinking, yes, yes tonight's the night that I'm really going to like and enjoy this. <laughs> and I mean, literally like 10 minutes I would be there and I was just like, I wonder mm -hmm. if they have a car rehearsal tonight. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, what are we singing on Sunday, you know? So, um, but, you know, as time went on, I, I definitely began to develop my own personal relationship with God and be committed to Him and what He had for me. Um, and I do know that many artists that, you know, and family members of mine, they started out not wanting to be in church and kind of like my brother, like, you know, we have a tight, really close uh knit family at this point because of, of COVID. Uh, we Zoom, we have family prayer every Thursday. And to see just how far all of us have come spiritually is really a blessing. It, everything just came full circle. Yeah. Yes, we, we've been talking a lot about how COVID has had a lot of positive uh, yeah. results in mm -hmm. our lives in so many areas and yeah. has really forced us to take a look, a hard look at some of the conditions that we're living in, behaviors, relationships, and mm -hmm. how to change those for the better. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's a great outcome yeah. to have uh, as a result of COVID for you. I was curious about how you are approaching your music career, mm -hmm. given that there is a lot of mainstream yeah. versus, you know, mm -hmm. how gospel are you going to be? How mainstream yeah. are you going to be? Mm -hmm. What were your thoughts on that? Well, uh we have a production company, it's called White Throne Productions, me and my husband, uh, Jason White. And in that production company, we began to do television. And so we kind of have had the experience of having the industry side of what we do, as well as the spiritual church side of what we do. And so uh, our company vo would vocally contract singers for certain shows, mostly the, the competition shows like American Idol, X Factor, uh, we've done the Grammys, American Music Awards, and that came through our, what we call our godfather in the industry, uh, Ricky Minor. 
Uh, he is the, one of the phenomenal music directors, uh, the music, we call sure. him the yeah, musical director in the industry. Uh, he's uh, notably known for being uh, Whitney Houston's music director. And now he's just, I mean, whatever show you can possibly think of, he's done it and he was the musical director and recently he just won an Oscar uh, for his work on the Oscars, be, being a musical, I think he's done it twice or three times, being the musical director for that. So uh, he saw these little kids that um, could sing and he needed a choir for American Idol. He was trying to get the gig at the time. Mm -hmm. And uh, his first show was um, the Christmas special with uh, Ruben, Fantasia, and Kelly and so they you know they're very churchy within themselves right. and so they needed a choir and someone said oh I know exactly who you should call you should call Jason White he, he's an excellent choir director so we pulled together this choir we were so young wow. and just loud sure. and yeah. ruddy right. and but dynamic, but but dynamic. We sing. and anointed yes. anointed look at yes. what he accomplished so what time. Ricky did was he just looked at us and he was like oh no you are not coming in here like that <laughs> and, but you know most people would have just either used us for that event and then canceled us, never used us again. <laughs> but Ricky took us under his wing and he groomed us and he made sure we knew if you're on time, you're late. You know what I mean? And he was like, and, and lose some weight and, you know, and get yourself together and eat right and, and be quiet. And, you know, he was just really grooming us, getting that, that whip out after us. And because of that, uh, when we got calls on our own or, or when he got a show that he couldn't do, he would call us to do it because he had basically mentored us, but we got the lesson. And um, so our, our company um, basically was the balance mm -hmm. between the church sound and the industry sound. Uh, we sung behind many artists, hip hop artists, country artists, you know, alternative artists. Um, and uh, then when the Grammys and the award shows came, you know, there'd be a plethora of genres to sing behind as well. So where it, it, it affected me personally, um, I always felt like my music was uh, a little different. It was always, I could not put me in a box. Mm -hmm. um, so being in the church and being a worship leader, I felt confined a lot. You know, uh, every house has a different sound. You know, like every pastor has a right. different way a different of worship style. that he condones or feels comfortable with. And so uh, mine was a little bit churchy and more traditional at our church. And, um, but when I would write, I would hear something completely different, you know. And so I started to write for other artists. And then when it was my turn, uh, I decided to start out with what people knew about me, you know, which was more of the worshipful churchy sound. So all of the songs that everybody kept asking for, that's what I put on this first album. But the second album, which we've already started, uh, is a little bit more Neen, a little bit more Janine, and it's more Jericho, uh, more CCM worship. So like Natalie Grant and uh, one of my favorite uh, writers, and it's it's a couple, Katie and Bryant Torwalt, and they write some of the most amazing worship ballads. Mm -hmm. And um, they wrote a song called Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. They wrote a song called Lover of Your Presence. Um, and there's one other song I can't remember right now. But um, And then my mentor, Deidre Cadden. Uh, DJ Cadden, he's uh, always out of the box and, yes. uh, um, you know, he's always going to do something that's just going to catch people's attention, like, oh, my God, what is he doing next, you know? Yes. So um, I started to kind of look at it, the freedom that he had in his own ministry. Uh, born, bred, and raised in a church. He's a preacher as well. And he, you know, his dad was a pastor as well. But when it came to him 
and his self-expression and just the liberty that he had to create and sing, he never was intimidated by what people would say. And so I started to kind of um, glean mm -hmm. from that. And so this next album is, uh, the first album isn't even released yet, so I'm already talking about the <laughs> next one. Like, I've already like, moved so on. Finish <laughs> 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 next. That, that goes yes. to one of our next questions, of yes. course, is what's coming up next. Yes, okay. yes. Well, the first album is definitely uh, coming out, which again is, you know, praise and worship songs that yeah. people can enjoy and be blessed by. Um, and then there are teasers like Jericho and another song called Do Free that is a little bit more uh, a crossover and have a crossover sound to it. And, um, but everyone who really knows me knows, oh yeah, all of that's me, you know? Yes. So they're starting to embrace it all, which I'm very grateful for. Cause a lot of times you can present something different and people are like, oh, she's trying to be something she's not. But those who have followed me know this journey has been that all along. So, yes, yeah. yes. No, and that goes to us as individuals. I think there's so many different facets to us that make us who we are as an individual. Yeah. So you're speaking to different parts of you that mm -hmm. resonate with you that Absolutely. have been cultivated in you yeah. from a child and now the opportunities you've had to be a leader in the church and yeah. minister and yeah. you're still ministering whether you're mm. writing and singing Absolutely. or working in the choir yeah. actually and being yeah. part of the director yeah. ship there so yeah. that's wonderful yeah God is good Jericho um, speaking of COVID and you know uh, we were talking earlier about yes. you know kind of being locked away and and when you uh, I was sharing with Lee that I feel like COVID put everybody on an even playing field mm -hmm. in the industry where you had the big eyes and little U's. Right. Now you just had us. <laughs> you know, right. you had us. We're all trying to survive. We're all trying to figure it out. We're right. all trying to stay healthy. We are right. all locked down, can't travel, can't really right. do anything. So you really had to go within and be creative. Right. And uh, whatever came out of you is truly the authentic essence of who you really are. And so uh, Jericho, I had just kind of shut down. Even before uh, COVID, I kind of shut down for a couple of months and um, just wanted to figure out my life and figure out where I wanted to go. Next, we were preparing for the Stellars. The Stellars got canceled. That's when I was going to premiere this first album. And so I was just like, oh, what do I do now? And then COVID happened and God was like, everybody just shuts down now. Yes, That's what we yes, do. Yes. And so coming back to social media, maybe five or six months later, later, um, I just wanted something creative, and I literally went to the folder of this album, this main album, and I was digging through the songs, and God said, no, that's not the one. Go to the album that is not what everybody wants you to do. Go to the other folder. And so I dug in there. Was, there was Jericho. There was a lot of urban stuff. And I was like, are you sure? And he was like, yes. So I, he said, listen to Jericho. I listened to Jericho. And this is just how God talks to me. You know, yes. he's like, listen to Jericho. And so I listened to Jericho and the lyrics were perfect for the time. For the time. for the time, it was just absolutely perfect. And I was like, oh my God, I see why, you know, this song couldn't go on the album. It was supposed to be set apart for this time. So I just wanted to be creative and I, you know, I was coming back to social media and I wanted to be creative and I said, hey, why don't we do a video? I asked a friend, did he know a, a videographer? He did. We shot two videos in one day and it just flowed. We were in and out in six hours. Wow. Yes. That's and unheard then, of. Um, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was hair, it was makeup, it was wardrobe and it was kind of like a room like this where it was just a white wall and a green wall and um, I don't know, just the creativity 
was flowing and we just kind of kept it pure. And uh, the guy just so happened to have some Black Lives Matter footage right. in his camera. Mm -hmm. And he was like, this will be perfect for Jericho. And we'll put it on the wall while you're right. talking about, you know, standing together like, and yes, fighting and, right. you know, God fighting for us. And it just, it was God Talk about it was perfect totally timing. It can't be more perfect. Absolutely. If he ordains it, it will Absolutely. happen. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to um, run back, though, to one concept that, came to mind when you were talking about the choirs and things like that in this juxtaposition not only of your music but also a lot of people's lives when it comes to the industry it seems sometimes that artists will sort of run back to the church um, and get that church sound and I mean not necessarily physically going in there but as you talked about American Idol uh, different music genres that have borrowed they borrowed a lot from hip-hop of course and tried to take it over um, but they've also done that many many times to the church um, and to a certain extent it seems like your music can sort of really cross mm -hmm. those different generations. Where do you think the, the blessing and the challenge mm -hmm. lies in that? Well, I think the blessing and the challenge is that the market is so flooded right now mm -hmm. with all different types of sounds and all different types of artists. Uh, the creativity is at an all-time high because of COVID and um, the appreciation level has broadened, whereas you just used to have some staple artists that stood out mm -hmm. and you're like, oh, she's amazing, you know, Beyonce is amazing. And she, of course, she still stands out, like she, you know, she's gonna stand out no matter what, but you had these powerful staple artists that just kind of um, took over the, the, the charts and took over the market. Whereas now, a lot more uh, visible artists are coming on the scene and doing videos and we're all glued to social media more so than buying you know records and listening to the voice you're now seeing people before you actually even hear their music and you get to know them you get to know their personality and so you can relate and I think the challenge is trying to relate to um, and find your audience you know what I mean because the audience is the world now whereas before if you liked R&B music then you went and bought R&B music and you would watch R&B uh, videos or whatever. But now you're on social media and the world is your audience. Mm -hmm. So what do you present to the world? Mm -hmm. And I often tell people, stay authentic to you. Yes. Don't go over here and try to be that and don't go over there and try to be that unless that is who you are, are authentically, you know. Um, that's what's gonna stand. That's what's gonna penetrate through everything else and reach who you're supposed to reach. I feel like um, there's a certain group, you know, as, as ministers and uh, people that sing about God and about God's love and about his mercy, there's a certain group that is assigned to you, a certain people that you're supposed to sing to and minister to. And um, oftentimes you miss who you're supposed to minister to because you're trying to be something else. Yeah, and go into another audience. So I try to stay true to to who God has called me to, whether that be in the church or out of the church. And um, you're gonna get the same person, no matter what. Well, to your point about how COVID caused us all to sort of, you and I were talking about mm -hmm. how it gave everyone opportunity to really reflect yeah. and sort of ask themselves, what is their purpose? So what is our purpose? What yeah. are we supposed to be doing? Mm -hmm. We're sitting here shut, in yeah. locked down, locked out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What am I going to do with all this time on my hands? So mm -hmm. we all know that 
a lot of creative energy has been flowing and so much is coming out of that this mm -hmm. time yeah. that will be such a benefit to all of us. And so what I think I'm hearing you saying is that it created a more diverse pool of mm -hmm. creativity and therefore mm -hmm. music Absolutely. for us to all tap into yeah. whatever suits you or whatever you're looking for. It's mm -hmm. there. Yeah. Is that kind of I, what I'm hearing you saying? Absolutely it is there. And, and I, I also feel like uh, what you were saying while you're on lockdown you are definitely uh, doing some uh, introspective look mm -hmm. inside and saying okay what really do I want to say mm -hmm. you know not what's going to be popular or what the the theme is for whatever was you know uh, the latest but what do I really want to say because my mom has COVID or my family member has COVID or just the land is on lockdown and, and people are dying. Like, what is important? You know, what is important to me? Um, what is important to to the world right now? And I think we all just kind of we started getting hit. It wasn't just COVID. It was you know Black Lives Matter, and then it was the you know the the political reign that we were dealing with. It was just a lot going on, and so it, I think we all really felt like it doesn't make sense to just be frivolous right now. Sure. You know. Right. And so we really did shut down and try to figure out, hey, like how can I be how can I contribute to this world yeah. and make it a better place? And that means you have to be a better person. Yes. So uh, for me it meant be quiet for about six months and, and fix whatever needs to be fixed, allow God to minister to you and to heal areas so that when I do release you and release this new music, then you're ready to be that for someone else, you know. Um, but yeah, that I, I am saying that, that uh, there was a, I feel like world worldwide, there was an introspective look of what's really important and what, if I have a major platform, what do I really want to say? Right. right now and what will be received sure you know what I mean because people are going right. to be like right. are you right. really talking about uh, uh, cocoa puffs right. and beans exactly. right, right now right. when right. we're everybody's dying around you know right. so you know what will be received and uh, as well as what's important to me you know so I think that uh, Jericho is definitely something that just kind of shared with people where I am you know mm -hmm. believing and standing that these walls of racism these walls of injustice uh, this virus this pandemic is coming down coming it's, it's coming down and it's coming down through the power of God and the power of unity yes. you know us coming together and fighting together and standing and believing that God sees us and he knows what we're dealing with and just hold on He's coming. Yeah, yeah they're coming it, down. It's yeah. such a soulful anthem of overcoming. Mm -hmm. um, and if I understand correctly, though, your father was actually in healthcare. Yes. And um, so there was some healing going on yeah. in terms of people's lives because he's a cardiologist. Absolutely. So that's not just a yeah. you know fly by night thing. No. This is something literally you all were dealing with yeah. uh, all the time. Absolutely. We. Uh, my dad was one of the. Uh, I won't say one of the first black cardiologists, but he definitely was uh, in the 60s, 70s era mm -hmm. when not a lot of black men were embraced in the medical field. You right. know what right. I mean? So it was still groundbreaking, pioneering for right. us as time. a people Absolutely. of color. Sure. Yes, yeah. and um, God just gave him favor, and he just kind of stood out in his classes and um, stood out in his field and uh, blessed us. We were we were very blessed as kids um, and so even the racism there that we dealt with as kids because we lived mostly in the, in the suburbs predominantly you know uh, Caucasian uh, neighborhoods right. and um, I, I graduated from a school where there was 2200 kids right. and only 32 black students mm -hmm. so that's that's pretty much the vein of you know our childhood and our upbringing. Mm -hmm. Church is where we got 
you know, right. in our family, you right. know, is where Your we kind of we got to use that song card. Yes, right. yes. <laughs> she said it for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, so you know, the challenges of that. Um, we dealt with it, you know, just in our, in school, but my dad dealt with it a lot you know, going to medical school, but God favored him and pushed him to where he actually had his own private practice for maybe three or four years. And um, we were we were blessed, but we weren't spoiled. Well, my dad and my mom, they didn't play that. They yes, were like, oh no, yes. we, they made sure that we were humble, you know. And uh, I feel like God used my dad in the church as a doctor because he was able to not only heal spiritually with the word of God and, and the ministry on that side, but he was also able to help the sick in the church, you know, that were dealing with diabetes and heart disease and often they would have seminars and different things for and um, have uh, blood drives and, you know, just really connect the two together because they really are combined. If you're whole in your physical body, you also have to be whole in your emotional and spirit, man, because they both are detrimental to you know to your livelihood so um, yeah it was a little rough at times and a lot of times he would come home from work and he would just woosah you know right, and it would sound like he was uh, my, him and my mom were arguing but we would never hear my mom it would just be an and he was just kind of decompressing from the day because you can't do that there you know and so my mom was like yes Jean yes I understand I understand and then it would just get quiet and then he would just get up and start all over again um, or jog he would jog 12 miles every day, wow. six miles up, six miles back every day. And so uh, it, it really helped us. Uh, and it definitely helped me in my own personal ministry to, um, it broadened us. We didn't just listen to gospel music. We listened to jazz and different things. We didn't just go uh, to church. We were in tap and ballet and we played volleyball and I was in a jazz choir and I was in an opera choir that toured in my high school. We toured uh, um, all over California and uh, we did different things. We went on vacations, you know, um, and learned different things. Uh, our main spot was Florida every year. So, um, we were well-rounded, and um, I feel like it's because God favored my, my parents. Um, and uh, I don't know why, you know, none of us are really worthy of the blessings of God, but we were definitely favored and blessed. And I feel like it bleeds into who I am today. Yeah. Which bleeds into your music, I'm yes. sure, and what, yeah. you, what you write. I love yeah. the way you talked about your dad being the cardiologist mm -hmm. in the church mm -hmm. as well, because there you have the music right. and the medicine. Because the choir and all yes. that you were doing, participating, and then yes. your father's right there helping yes. in, a, in a medicinal way as well Absolutely. by contributing to the, um, the congregation who have you know, different disease states, he was helping to address them, yes. helping to improve their quality of life. Absolutely. And wow, what a... And one thing about my dad is when the, when the medicine would run out, when he was trying to save someone's life or someone had uh, coded, you know, um, and nothing was working, he would put that equipment down and he would go to praying. Right. And many of times people would would have come back to come back to life. And this has been, you know, documented and notated about him even in the hospitals that he worked in, they were like, oh, go call Dr. Lundy. They would like call him on the intercom, call Dr. Lundy, we're losing this one. And they would call him and he would start praying. So it all meshed 
together, you know, just like she said. Sure. Yeah. And as you may know, this has been studied yes. uh, scientifically. So Absolutely. we always say, you know, uh, our church prays and as yes. if everybody's praying yeah. for someone, but it's been shown and, mm -hmm. and analyzed that the mm -hmm. spirit of prayer Absolutely. Um, not only is healing, but yeah. has saved many people's lives. Yes. Just the fact that they have a praying family or people mm -hmm. praying for them. Yeah. Um, and then your mom takes ill. Yes. And talk yes. to us a little bit about sure. how that was paradoxical. Sure. So in uh, 1994, um, uh, well, I was in LA and, you know, I, I was engaged and uh, we broke off our engagement and I was just devastated. And my dad called me one day and he was like, um, How are you? And I, I was just like, I just, you know, I was just holding it in all this time and, uh, you know, finally I let him know, you know, that we had broken off the engagement and I was just really hurting and he had never heard me that distraught so he came and got me. He was like, I'm coming, I'm coming to get my baby. So he and my mom, they flew there and drove me back home. So in uh, 1994, uh, I was in Ohio, I was back in Ohio. And uh, my mom, she's a very spiritual woman and she kept kind of insinuating or making these little uh, comments like she wasn't gonna be here long. And so I kept saying, stop saying that. You know, why are you saying that? And she was like, oh, you know, me and God got a thing going on. And, you know, I'm kind of ready. She was only 53, you know, mm -hmm. which is very young when you think yes. about it. And I was like, ready for what? Like, right. you know, but they had started a journey very young, you know. Mm -hmm. So um, she would say that here and there. Uh, me and my fiance at the time worked it out. And he came back in November and got me. And uh, he drove me back. And before we left, my mom pulled him to the side and, and told him something like, take care of my baby, you know, something like that. And um, she was eating a pork chop. She's eating a pork chop and you know, we were like strictly against pork at that time. She didn't really eat pork. We didn't really condone pork because my dad is a cardiologist, you know, right. we wanted to stay kind of healthy now, bacon every now and then, you sure. know, right. 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 <laughs> but for the most part, so. we tried to stay away from it. And I saw her eating a pork chop and I was like, why are you eating that? And she was like, oh, I'm just eating the things that, you know, I've always wanted to eat. And um, we had just had this big old birthday celebration for her. I was like, all right now, you know, we, we, we're trying to figure out what we're going to do for you for the next birthday. So we need you healthy. And she was like, oh, there's not going to be a next birthday. And I was like, what? Like, I was like, okay, it's time for me to go. So I go. They're going to come, you know, a couple of months later for the wedding. The wedding is in L.A. They're going to come a couple of months later. Um, and so I go and I get my apartment and we start paying off things and building you know our home as, as a couple and uh, literally a month before my wedding my mom passed away from a heart attack mm -hmm. and so uh it I'm affected sorry. my dad because they were at a uh, bishop and pastors conference in, in indianapolis mm -hmm. and uh my mom was sitting in the back and the pastors and the bishops were having a the, the question was what is the difference between praise and worship. And uh, there were some bishops and pastors that were answering the question uh, for the people that had paid for the seminar. And my mom, she just wasn't satisfied with the answers. You know, she's a, she's a, a graduate, a PhD from a Fuller Seminary. Wow. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So she was just not content with their answers. Acceptable. And uh, she just said, she raised her hand and she said, hey, you know, can, can I can I address this? And so all of the bishops started smiling because they, they knew who she was. And they were like, sure, uh, First Lady, please come and you know share. And she shared in, in her heart what she thought the difference between praise and worship was. And then she went and she sat down and she died. In the church? In, in, in the conference. In the she church. died. As soon as she sat down, my dad can see her. And he sees her eyes uh, 
uh, fix the role and and he sees her slump and he says oh no 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 I know this is not because he's a doctor and he's yeah, a cardiologist he knows exactly what's happening and he was like I know this is not happening and so of course just first nature he gets up to try to resuscitate his own wife right. and he can't and so it becomes very very overwhelming because he just he's trying and he's trying and he's trying and then the paramedics come and so some of the other bishops they're like Gene the paramedics is here come on come on and so they literally have to pull him off of her so it was a devastating scene and I often ask God why wasn't I there for that why why three months you know and then the first the month after uh, the, the month right before my wedding she leaves but I was there for almost eight months mm -hmm. so why didn't that happen you know while I was there and I just feel like God in his wisdom knew you probably really couldn't handle that so um, but it turned into um, a devastating time where I, I was trying to celebrate life and mourn death at the same time mm -hmm. and uh, it just turned into a ministry tool for me to be able to help people that um, you know, are going through a rough time, but also maybe millionaires, you know, uh, maybe suffered a loss of a, of a husband, uh, but just had a new baby, you know. So um, it really did help me to build uh, my ministry. Uh, I gained a lot of weight. I gained like 45 pounds in a year. And so my dad, uh, after we, you know, buried my mom and we had the wedding and all of that, he went back to Ohio and then he came back to visit just to check on us and see how we were doing. And he saw me and he was like, what's going on with you? I've always been kind of very tiny, you know, I'm only 5'1", <laughs> um, but I gained 45 pounds. I was 145 and I went up to 185, almost 190. And my dad was like, if you don't lose that weight, you're, you're not going to be here long. And I'm, I, he was still, you know shocked you know with 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 my mom so I felt like he was kind of you know over the top with it but he was like no 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 he was like you're five one your frame can't handle that much weight and so um, I realized that although I I just went into ministry and went into singing and you know went into being a wife it did affect me and it affected me and I, I food was my vice mm -hmm. and so um, when he said that and I saw the concern in his eyes I felt overwhelmed and I was just like okay I have to get it together and so I did I went on a journey of losing weight and um, getting my mind right and, and now being able to really help other people in those same areas so yeah, how was, did, did sorry go ahead no 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 I'm good how did your music and your writing contribute to the journey of now losing the weight and getting healthy and that shift in, in your mind? Um, my songs are always, and I was just talking about this to my family on Zoom. For whatever reason, my songs are always birthed out of the rough times. <laughs> and I'm like, like I'll wake up in the morning and I'm like, because ah, writing and God is just flowing and these songs are coming out like, I worship you no matter what I'm going through because you're faithful and you're good and you know I'm hurting with this. And, and I was like, I just... One day, can, I, can one of my songs just be because I'm happy or because I'm on the mountaintop, right. you know what I mean? Right. I don't live uh, through the pain of right, birth right, to a song. To, to birth a song, you know, can I do a happy ballad once? Um, and, but I feel like that's where that came from was um, the yearning and the groaning of the loss of my mom. Me and my mom were very close. That's where I get a lot of my spirituality from. Uh, I went with her everywhere. She was a very uh, spiritual woman. She had prayer breakfasts. Uh, she taught 
Sunday school. Uh, she was a first lady, so she had a, a lot of the women come to her home and just have like intimate time and where everyone else was at the mall and, you know, doing whatever. I was always right underneath all these spiritual women. And so um, she birthed prayer in me. And a lot of times when I'm praying, that's when the lyrics will come. And so I always feel her with me. I always feel, you know, that that whole experience of um, she knew. And it was her choice, you know. She was like, me and God got a thing going on, you know. So it was her choice to go. Um, and I often feel like what a powerful relationship to have with God to where you can be like, okay, I'm ready. And he'll be like, oh, you sure? You know, let, let me give you a few months. And he was like, she was like, no, I'm good. And then, you know, just yes. say what she feels in her heart because worship was very passionate to her. Say what she feels uh, to all these bishops and, and pastors within the, in the Bible Belt. And then just sit down and be like, okay, I'm done. And just leave. I said my piece. Yes, I said my piece and I'm ready to go. Wow. And I'm just like, wow, God, like, I, I have peace with that, you know. And so, yeah, it does um, kind of flow through me as I'm writing. Um, now things are a little different where I'm branching out and kind of pulling on different subjects. You know, I'm, I'm older now, so I've, I've lived my own life and my own experiences. But yeah, that, uh, that main experience is still very fresh, but it's beautiful to me now. You know, it's beautiful. But, but your music is medicine. Again, here I am with the music. <laughs> <laughs> and and, and yeah. I don't presume at all to know what God is thinking or to answer your question about yeah. why is he always giving you the, the inspiration through <laughs> bad times yeah. and your music births through those times. Yeah. But that's what your part of your destiny clearly is because your music is going to help people who are in those rough times yeah. rise above and hold on and have faith and come through yeah. So and overcome, as, nice. as Dr. Mosh was saying. So you know, music yeah. and the medicine. So. That's my heart's desire. Like, um, because I've been in the industry since I was like 21 um, and have been able to grace some of the stages that people long for. You know, we were just blessed to be just be there and mm -hmm. sing at the Grammys many times and sing with artists like Aretha Franklin and Whitney Houston and um, a Stevie Wonder and you know just all of these heavy hitters we were able to to sing with and I've never taken it for granted but it also let me know what's important and that when we go into these places we're not there just because we can sing we're there we're planted we're planted and oftentimes when we would open up our mouths, it would be medicine, it would minister to people that we didn't know were going through. Uh, we did the, the American Music Awards with Whitney Houston right before she passed. Mm -hmm. um, and she sang, I didn't know my own strength and she had on the white dress. Mm -hmm. And so we're the choir on the stairs. Okay. But what people didn't see is in rehearsal, she began to sing, I love the Lord, and yes, Jesus loves me. And um, she was like, come on, choir, help me out. Yeah. She was like, I know y'all are churchy. <laughs> I know, know y'all from church. Real choir. Yes, and yeah. we had a worship wow. moment okay. in the sound check and the rehearsal the day before. And so when she actually sang for the actual show, and I mean, it was almost like, there was nothing going on in rehearsal. Like her voice was pure. She was uh, in, in A shape. So when we heard her um, at the actual show, we were like, this is a completely different Whitney. Like yesterday she was killing, you know, now she, maybe she's a little nervous or, you know, whatever she might've been dealing with. But um, when it came to her singing worship songs in rehearsal, it would just be so powerful. And for us to be able to join in that moment, uh, it was very, it was a blessed time and it just made us, let us know we're on assignment whenever we go. Uh, and I feel like that anyways, you know, 
whether it's gospel music at church, uh, worship music, um, or even secular music. Uh, we've done Imagine Dragons. Uh, we, we've sung with Diddy, you know, we've sung, I mean, we've done it all. We, I mean, we won't, we are very selective about the people that we minister with. Sure. Um, but most of the time when we got the call was always an inspirational song. And so uh, there was very rare times that we would have to decline and say, oh, I'm sorry, we can't, you know, because of the lyrics or because of the artist. Uh, but we would go in with that, that frame of mind, uh, be excellent and skillful, you know, so we studied a lot, rehearsed a lot, very professional, uh, but then also we were very aware uh, it's prayer time mm -hmm. and not going in and laying hands with the oil and, you know, <laughs> just blowing up a whole session with our spirituality. But, you know, as we yeah. see and be discerning and we're watching, yes. um, you're just you're just praying, you know. So, yeah. And standing, and for, standing for everyone, Absolutely. for all of us with that amazing gift that you have. It's so, so inspirational. Oh. Are any of your siblings in music? No. Mm. Uh, so we all sing. Even mm. my brother, we all sing. Um, but I think I was the only one that kind of went full throttle mm -hmm. in it. Um, but yeah, they, they, they often sing. We used to sing, uh, the sisters used to sing as kids. Uh, we were the Lundy sisters and uh, any special program at church, we would sing. Um, but my middle sister is a bodybuilder. Oh, wow. And so she went a whole completely different uh, path. And then my older sister, she has a powerful medicine and music kind of, but hers is, hers is medicine and animals. So she uses horses for inner healing. So she has a ranch and uh, a lot of the people in the ministry, pastors, bishops, or kids that need a moment of healing, going through a lot, don't really want to talk about it, or can't really talk about it because they're the actual pastor and they just need a, a safe haven to get away. She has a ranch that has all these amazing horses and animals and they minister healing to the people. And uh, she shows how uh, interaction, and she teaches how interaction with animals um, can soothe and heal yes. the soul. Right, right, right. Yeah, it's, it's a whole form of therapy formally. I, I, they're absolutely. actually saying you can cuddle with a cow. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. I just bought a pit sure. bull. I just, <laughs> I I just bought a, a pit bull and I love him so. I've never had a big dog before. Most of my dogs were small and, uh -huh. and female. Uh -huh. And so this time I was just like, you know, something different so I went and got this pit bull blue pit bull a puppy only three and a half months and he is like literally growing 5,000 pounds a day and I was like stop growing what have I done what, what did I do what did I bring right but just the hugest heart and just loves to cuddle loves to play loves you know just soothing very soothing there's so, a real misconception pit bulls are very affectionate they are they are and they 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 love the attention that's they, they like even in the morning uh, when I come and I let let him out the gate, uh, the first thing he'll do is just jump on me and just start licking my <laughs> my hands and my legs, like "Good morning," and I'm like, "Oh, good morning," you know, just very very uh, passionate about uh, love, right. giving love, you right. know, and unconditional, unconditional. Totally. So I love that as well. I'm sure. Yeah. Well. I love that we're all on assignment. I mean, that yeah. pearl that you dropped there, I think, is something that guides or should guide all of our lives to think that that's what we are. And it's so clear that your music marries that together so well with your life um, and that you are and that you do embody this healing, giving and helping people spiritually um, sincerely. It's not just, oh, this is a business and I can do well at it. It really comes from the heart. So yeah. thanks so much for joining us. Well, thank you. Bye.
Have you ever wondered what actually happens in Congress every day? Stay informed on Capitol Hill's daily happenings with a concise, factual summary of the Senate and House of Representatives activities from the previous session, free from bias, on the Congressional Record Daily Digest podcast. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and discover the process from the heart of U.S. politics. The Congressional Record Daily Digest, an Electricast production. Electricast. Hey guys, it's Miriam Love here, and I want to share something very special with you. Check out my new release, All In, the Spanish remixes, out now on Electricast Records. And always remember, be love, share love, all love. Available now wherever you listen to music. Electricast. Electricast.